Wouldn't wouldn't it be great if you know finally like a Midwest regional was in the Midwest? No, the NCAA's like complete disinterest and disregard for college hockey like paid off, and they just completely ignored the fact that the pairwise is messed up and decided to use it. (laughs) Someone (laughs) forgot to update it for this year. Like, oh shit, we didn't come up with a plan. We're going with the sixteen of the pairwise. It's fine. That would be the most NCAA thing ever. <laughs> I'd love it. You laugh, I still see fans going, Yeah, PG's number two in the pairwise. Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the WCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, and Dustin Lindstrom. Welcome to episode 13 of the second season of the Chasing McNaughton Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Brown, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey, everyone. Rob Gilreath. Hey, guys. And Matt Cavender. Hello again, everybody. With the series with Bowling Green coming up next week, hopefully, thanks to COVID. We've also got Drew Evans joining us from BGSUHockey.com. Hi, Drew. Hi, guys. How you guys doing? Pretty good. Uh, we're back to a more traditional podcast this week where we'll talk about Huskies' current events like these, the surprising NMU series, the Joe Show, your questions, which we did get a couple, and then we'll talk a little bit more about uh, big college hockey events like Michigan Athletic Department putting a pause on all activities. We'll talk about CHN's Power 16 rankings and preview the series with Bowling Green. Before we take a break, I want to touch on one thing. We fund everything at Tech Hockey Guide from our patrons. You can become a patron at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Uh, we'll be doing a monthly Zoom chat with our special guest. Our next guest will be the former Husky and current Youngstown Phantoms head coach, Brad Patterson, who I guess this is going to happen in February now since it's this late already. As I got a hold of Brad today and should have a date figured out before the next podcast. I know I've been saying that for a couple weeks, but I mean it this time because he did tell me he's going to give me some dates that should work for him. Uh, These monthly chats are available at the white level, which is just $2 a month. Since the podcast started, we've done extended versions of the podcast for our patrons at the black level or above, which is $5 a month. We have a new patron at this level since last week, Charlie Montgomery. Apparently, that's Matt's girlfriend. Thanks for supporting us and uh, putting up with him. <laughs> that, that she, that she's a true saint for that one, I'll tell you. <laughs> At the gold level, uh, we have $10 a month that gets you ask, uh, access to everything I've mentioned and the Zoom video of our podcast before the rest, uh, before everything else is out. So you get earlier access and you get to watch us and see my lovely uh, Mitch's Misfits uh, Let's Go Tech sign from like 2003. I think it was. We also have a new patron at that level this week. Thank you, Andy Bordeaux, one of the original Tech Hockey Guide writers for signing up at this level. Both Charlie and Andy are eligible to get an authentic MDU jersey patch for being at the black level or above. I I just looked on my stock today and I have three UP patches left and like 10 of the Husky Dog Head patches left, uh, just so everybody knows where that's at. Not that I can't get more, but that's where we're at with that. 
Uh, all right, enough of that. Let's do the thank you notes plus a brief note from our sponsor, and we'll come back and discuss uh, the NMU, NMU series or whatever we feel like with Drew Evans. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back. Before we start uh, with Hockey Talk, this podcast will drop on Thursday, January 28th, 2021, which just so happens to be Bell Let's Talk Day. Uh, I know we talked about it with last week's subject, but every year this day is celebrated in Canada. It kind of overflows into American Hockey Twitter, which is where I found out about it. I just want to give one more mention to last week's podcast where we had Mark Wick on to discuss mental health, depression, and suicide. If you haven't yet, please check it out. Uh, We named it Huskies Let's Talk if you're looking for it. Uh, And I personally wanted to say that if you feel depressed or need someone to talk to, that I personally am available. And as Mark mentioned, I don't look at it as a burden. Uh, Feel free to hit me up on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, Anyone else have anything you want to say to add to that one? No, I think that about hits that I feel the same way. It's, you know, important to feel like you can reach out to somebody, and I would like to put myself out there as well as somebody that, you know, if you're having a rough time, it's really not not a burden to me either. It might take me a little while to get back to you, but there's definitely no shame in reaching out to me on Twitter, Facebook, wherever you might find me. Yeah, especially when you look at 2020 and now stretching to 2021, it's it's tough on everybody, so it doesn't make you weak for needing help. It's a disease. It's something you should never feel guilty or feel like you shouldn't be dealing with. I think everyone goes through it in some way, and I think the more people talk about it, the more they talk about how they're feeling, we can help remove that stigma. Yep. So where do we want to start this week, guys? Should we talk about the series that just ended like an hour ago? I think we should, and I think we should also touch on how we got there from thinking we were going to play Lake State this weekend. Yeah. I think that's also kind of fun to touch on, how like both I, teams got there, you know? I know one of my favorite things about all of this is the jokes within our Slack chat about uh, Jonathan should just go in and change the names and the stats and just leave his predictions the same <laughs> and, just, <laughs> and just see how it goes, because this is, you know, why redo it? Just uh, see what happens, even though, you know, he's done pretty good with everything and... Uh, you know, maybe he wants to put a little more thought into it, but I thought it was kind of funny that both, both, uh, what was it? Is it Huntsville was the reason that Northern yeah, was open? Northern mm-hmm. was on the bus. They said on the broadcast, uh, on the Northern broadcast, they were on the bus on the way. They were in Escanaba. They hadn't gotten too far. <laughs> no. <laughs> when they yeah. found out, they had to turn around. So I'm still going to claim that I was correct in my predictions, even though the, op- the opponent changed. <laughs> right. I'm, I'll second that as well. <laughs> And I'll take the split because I, I said the road team would win both games and they won one of them, right? <laughs> take that. If that's how you're gonna how you're gonna grab it, I suppose that'll work. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. Um, yeah, so it's kind of interesting how how Tech and Northern kind of found out that they'd both be available to play, and then 
ended up playing this weekend, playing on Saturday and Monday, so I'm sure we'll definitely screw up which game was which with that setup. Oh, Maybe not, worst. since one of them just like, ended tonight. I really don't like these 4 o'clock games. They're way too early in the day for hockey for me. Even 5 o'clock in Eastern, it's like I, I, I miss Kataroff's goal because my dad made hot dogs and I went upstairs to go grab them. And then in that <laughs> in that time, I missed Kataroff's goal and I was so mad. It was a wonderful pure garbage goal. Hey, they don't ask how, do they? Like nobody knew where the puck was and then the puck was in the back of the net. It's it's. <laughs> The nice thing is is that Tech is pretty good about getting replays on their Twitter account pretty fast. That's true, but it's never the same. No, it's not the same. Uh, but it was nice to to see Tech what outshoot or outscore six to six to one, get the shutout. I know we had some complaining on the Discord chat today about how often Tech scores, and I was kind of laughing because I think they're actually doing pretty good in that department this year. Maybe a little worse than we want, but. I mean, we we have empty net goals, which those never seem to happen for us. Yeah, and that was that was a heck of a empty net goal too. Yeah, that was like screw like you guys, I'm putting it in the net from here. Yeah. Boom, done. Was that a hundred and <laughs> hundred twenty feet, maybe more yeah, than it that? Was, it was an empty netter with authority. Yeah, from distance. So yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was nice. I don't I don't know what else really to say other than I thought, you know. I thought they played pretty well overall. You could definitely see that there were segments of the game to Monday where Northern had control of things, but it didn't. We can just seem call like... that the first period, Tim. Yeah, but, but it didn't. <laughs> it didn't feel like. I don't know. It, yeah, but I also didn't feel like it was nice to see Tech still get a goal in that period. Right. Um, yeah, they got one back at the end. Like it's not but... like they were. Yeah, I mean. And but I also don't know. I don't know. I missed most of the first period because I was still working, trying to get a yeah. report out that somebody asked me to get out today at like three thirty. So I had it on, but I wasn't really watching yet because I was still trying to get that all straightened out. So that might be why I have a little bit different perspective. But even Joe said that he wasn't all that disappointed in the first period because it must not have been. No, they they came back. They they had their stretches, but it also sounds like even when Northern had control, maybe they. They didn't get a ton of grade A scoring chances. I don't know. I didn't get to see it all that well. No, I would. I wouldn't say Sinclair was worked too hard. I mean, he did have fifteen shots. They had fifteen shots in the first period, but there wasn't anything where like he was scrambling, you know, or good chances. I don't think either. The one power play goal was not much he could do about it. Or no, it wasn't Sinclair today. It was it was Pietola today. But yeah, the power play goal was just a a rebound that he was screwed. There's nothing you can do about that one. Yeah, I think one of the things that I want to touch on is the second period. It was, first of all, very nice that we didn't have our standard collapse, especially because I was expecting us to come out a little bit rusty, and I think we did show that. But there were some times where I was definitely screaming at my TV because we made, because credit where credit's due, Nolan Ken had a great game, but there were some of those times that I think we made him look bigger than we needed to. Yep. We should have, I think we should have had like six goals in that second period. We were really throwing them on. So it was great to see that pressure. It was great to see we didn't let up in the second period, but I was frustrated personally. I'll, I'll plead guilty to being one of the people in the Discord being frustrated about that. Well, especially the power plays too. There's a couple on the power plays where they're, they just need to get shots on goal at times. It seems like they're trying to pass too much. Mm. But that seems like the power plays has been fun like that for a while. The, uh, the Sunday was a Sunday game. No, Saturday. the Saturday game was definitely a case of letting them hang around too long. 
and making the game way more interesting than it needed to be by not scoring, which yeah. I feel like that's a big thing they need to get over and just finish teams off rather than letting teams hang around for so long. Yeah, I uh, yeah I agree with that, but it also felt like, I guess I don't remember exactly because I well they got what they got the second one in the third is that right? Yep, score with th- three minutes out three minutes in the first and then the seven minutes to go. Yep, which was a beautiful goal. Um, yeah, Ashbrook's goal, the second goal was really yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually went to go watch the replay of that and could not find it. I think they had some technical issue goals, right? I think there'll be two replays out there. They, I believe, restarted stuff because it was terrible. Absolutely terrible for the first half of the game. And then uh, they restarted the event completely, it looked like. So there should be two replays out there, we might guess. I don't think there's any, probably because they had so many issues. All I know is after watching, and I don't want to go down the flow hockey is terrible path (laughs) um, that we've, we've beat up a lot. After watching the games at Northern... And then watching the game, the quality that we put out, someone needs to drive down to Northern and see what they're doing so we can do the same thing. Because Northern's games look fantastic. The high def is good. The the lighting is fantastic. And then you watch the games that we have, and it's it looks like trash compared to what Northern's doing. Do you feel that way before? Like, Are you talking about Saturday to today or all season to today? When you go from what we have on on Saturday to what Northern is putting out on Monday, maybe it it uh, makes it look so much worse. But the camera quality out of Northern is night and day compared to the camera quality that you see from from Tech on the stream. That's true. There's a couple things that I want to say about that. I do know some people that are on the production staff, and I do believe they're using a completely new system this year, and that's part of the reason we're seeing so many hiccups, like with the audio stuff on uh, Saturday. And another big thing to take into account is that the lighting in the McInnes is garbage. I think any photographer, including your dad, would be able to tell you yeah, that. So no, like, you, you, can't, you can't blame that for the whole thing. But Yeah, but there, I hear what you're saying. Like nor, the, the quality of the broadcast for Northern was definitely – there's something to be said for that. I think the yeah, only you can complaint put that, was that their announcer makes you feel like I'm watching golf. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can put the Northern stream up on your TV – on a high def TV and actually feel like you're watching an actual high def, well put together broadcasted event. You can't do that with the stream out of the McGinnis right now. It does not look like a high def stream. Yeah, I'll agree with that. That's my complaint. Fair enough. I think I think you're right. I think it look it looks more like standard definition. And it makes me sad because our middle name is technological and we're failing <laughs> at it. So I would I would like to see that improved, especially given that we drop we all drop like 150 bucks on flow hockey every year. That's true. I don't I don't. They wouldn't let me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those of us that do, we drop 150 bucks on it. And one of these days, maybe I'll sit down and like make a short little three second clip of everybody's broadcast and just show how. Maybe write an article and rank them or something. One of these days when I'm feeling lazy on the weekend. Yeah, that'd be kind because of interesting. There are a lot of schools that do it really, really well. There are a lot of schools that do it really, really poorly. And unfortunately, I feel like we're slipping back toward the poorly based on this year. Yeah, and I never used to feel that way at all. I used to feel like we were definitely one of the top broadcasts before this year. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I know, like you said, maybe it's, it's a bunch of new equipment and all that kind of stuff. But take the time and figure the new equipment out. Everybody's paying for this stuff. Yeah. 
I think to kind of finish up Northern talk, I think we can just kind of leave it at they came. We came in with our our question marks. They looked a little bit rusty. They seemed to shake it out, and they just kind of kind of took care of Northern the way we thought that they would at this point in the season. I think my other big takeaway from this weekend is uh, Kateroth and Bantle are big beast league men, and I I, I want I'm looking forward to watching them play the next few years. <laughs> However long we get to have those two guys around is going to be fantastic. Agreed. Bantle's he not only is he a huge guy, so he can muscle people off, but he picked uh, the Northern D's pocket a couple of times today when they had no idea it was coming as they're trying to clear the zone. There was one time where he like stopped a really solid breakout. I know exactly what you're talking mm-hmm. about. So yeah, it was really, it's really cool Absolutely to see that fantastic. we have. Yeah, so it's cool that we have players like that that can be relied, relied upon to make that kind of player play, you know. He's he's not thinking about just going one way down the ice. He's thinking about getting the puck back so he can turn it around as a forward, and that's that's really good to see as opposed to some previous forwards we had that, you know, like to coast around the blue line, which now Drew has the pleasure of watching every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really good to see. I'm a big fan of both of those two and how they've how they're playing already. It's a happy freshman class this year. Yeah, no, I'm I'm really happy with it. Speaking of uh Drew, how how are the fighting Goulds doing? <laughs> uh actually gavin's uh dinged up a little bit right now okay. he had a oh. upper body injury over the last uh i think he got hurt in the saturday the second series or the second game of the northern series and i don't think he traveled to bemidji i think him and crags they were both out i think they're expected to play this weekend as far as the team as a whole um i think the last two weekends maybe they slowed down a little bit BG's had a pretty good run up until then. Uh, you said last the two that, weekends they slowed down. You put up eleven against Northern. Is that that's not slowing down? <laughs> um, <laughs> those Northern series were kind of hard to judge because I'm looking right now at the second uh, game of that. You know, it's they don't put all their goals on the board till midway through the second period. Gotcha. And you look at that first night. You know, BG's a team that. Nine times out of the time, they're going to shoot you every night. They're second or third in the nation in Corsi and Fenwick. They get the puck a lot. Two out of the four last games, they've been outshot. So I don't know how much of that is injuries, and that might just be me being very pedantic when you're looking at the record BG has and how they've played. But you start to see little signs that maybe, you know, they're not going quite as smooth as they were earlier in the season. Yeah, you you don't usually see Midgey put up that many shots, so that is kind of weird to see. But Midgey's not your high shot total team usually. No, and they put up thirty eight no. on you guys on Thursday, which is another weird date for a game, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Thursday at like I think six Eastern, five Central, and then the Friday game is I think two in the afternoon there or three. Yeah, just just weird. So I didn't get to catch you at the games because I had to work. Yeah, they put 38 shots up against it, looks like. So that is definitely, that does feel kind of odd from a a Bemidji box score. You don't usually see the high high shot totals from Bemidji. They're more of a get that one goal and sit back and wait team. At least that's been their normal. BG has a lot of depth up front. I mean, they're probably the deepest team maybe behind Minnesota State in the league. So it's not good that you only have two injuries and you're not necessarily playing that well. But at the same time, I can't remember 
a time when BG's played extraordinarily well against Bemidji. For some reason, that's a team they've always not stacked up well against. I just think the way that Bemidji's that slow, methodical trap through the neutral zone, that just always gives BG trouble. Yeah, it definitely counters the faster style of play and frustrates a team that wants to play fast. Yeah. And that's kind of been the difference between the BG of maybe two years ago under Bergeron and now under Eigner is, you know, kind of the leash is off. The guy's allowed to have a little bit more creativity out there. The biggest thing is that transition, get the puck up, look for a shot. You know, I think a few weeks ago, Brandon Cruz made a comment that some people might have went, about Bergeron when they said that maybe he was a little too controlling with the play. But at the same time, Bergeron's results spoke a lot to that. But at the same time, when you have the depth that BG has, it's not necessarily a bad thing to tell the guys, hey, go out, don't do anything stupid, but if you see a play, go for it. So you think, uh, you know, you're two years into Eigner now, how do you, do you see the the team changing that much at this point then besides that? Or is there any other differences you're noticing? Uh, the biggest thing is the creativity. You see guys that for all of Bergeron's many strengths, and there are quite a few, he's a very successful coach for a reason. It's very formulaic. You pretty much know on every drop in where the play is going to be, what pass they're going to be looking for. You know, now the guys have a little bit more freedom to, you know, make, take a shot or take a pass that maybe they would have got yelled at before. Uh, but as far <laughs> as, I mean, they have a pretty similar, they play that heavy style. They're heavy on the body. They're looking to rack up shots. And every now and then they're going to give up those odd man rushes. But at the same time, you know, if you have a good goaltend, you're not too worried about it. It's kind of like the Penn State way of playing it. You just throw a bunch of shots on and hope your <laughs> goalie stops. no defense way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but BG has a little bit of defense. So it's probably not a fair comparison. Yeah, well, you guys are number one in the country in goal scored, too. And, and some of that does help playing the 18 games, but they've also they've put up a lot of goals this year. Um, I think we've got three, soon to be four players now with 100 career points. Uh, there's 10 seniors on BG's team, so Jeez. I don't I don't want to say sorry, that it's... I'm sorry for your next year. <laughs> yeah, so I don't want to say like it's win now or, but I think the biggest thing they're running to right now is they have a pretty good group of freshmen, but where do you slot them in? Your top three lines are upperclassmen, so that fourth line's it's become a rotating freshman line. Sure, sure. This is the best way I can describe it. You try to slot in, get guys as much playing time as they can, because when you've got Brandon Cruz, Cam Wright, Connor Ford, Max Johnson, these guys are 100 point for their career. Well, I mean, they're of those the four guys you listed, three of them are over a point per game this year. Yeah, and uh, the only one that's not is Ford, and he's at point nine four. So. He's not far off that pace. You know, that's that's pretty decent production. Yeah, and I think I saw that Brandon Cruz is known as more as a playmaker. I think his shot percentage this here is like 20%. Yeah, 21.9. Yeah, so when things are going well, they're going really well. Yeah. But again, I don't want to say it's you got to win now, but I would say there's definitely some pressure that if BG is going to have a – if they're going to put some kind of banner up this year, I think this is the year you look to. That's a lot of production there from the upperclassmen, for sure. Yep. And I'm trying to see where the first underclassman even comes in, and that's TJ Lloyd, and he's you know like 10th in the list. Yeah. A lot of juniors that are in there, too. So, yeah, it's a, it makes for a good year this year and hopefully not a, a frightening year next year <laughs> when you have to figure out what uh, what fills that gap. 
Yeah, because they're also going to lose Eric Dopp, who's been you know pretty reliable over the last four years. So there's going to be holes to fill. That's for sure. It's kind of the opposite of Tech, where it seems like you guys are you have a good youth movement right now. Yeah, for sure. If I'm Bowling Green, I'm kind of scared to death that I've got that many seniors that are doing that well. And I do kind of I see where you're saying that you feel that pressure to kind of do well now, because if you don't do well now, you're kind of relying on, you know, underclassmen that have been seeing as much time because your upperclassmen have been contributing so much. Yeah, and you do like you like to think at this point it's, you know, reload, not rebuild. But I mean, hockey, it's just so hard to project these guys out so many years that you get that first commit. That it doesn't always work out that way. How yeah. many of them do you think will actually leave since this doesn't count? Well, that's the other option, right? I think most of them are pro prospects, at least at the AHL level. So I, I, you know, there might be one or two who might stay, but I think most of them are probably they're probably looking to move on, which you can't blame them. No, probably depends on how the season goes too. Like if it's. If something happens that they don't get the chance or they have some bad luck at some point, maybe it's they want to come back and finish business. But yeah, I get that a lot of them would leave, especially if they can get an AHL contract or something. But it all depends. The other question is, you know, how many teams are going to be playing next year? I mean, it's <laughs> there's still so many things up in the air right now that I I don't envy them in that decision they'll have to make. Yeah, and when the coach will want that decision so he can either move on or not, right? Yeah, exactly. The one thing I kind of thought was interesting, it should be a really good goalie matchup this weekend. It should. Absolutely. There's a lot of really good goaltenders here. No, it's been amazing how good, and we'll talk about that later from one of our patron questions, just how good the tech goalies have been, both of them, this year. Yeah, Sinclair's stats are a little skewed by the one bad game, but that game wasn't his fault. I mean, yeah, the whole team played horrible in front of him. Yeah. Yeah. No, they've both played really, really well, uh, for sure. It, it, uh, I think this weekend is our first real, I mean, besides the Minnesota State series, we've been playing teams that haven't been having that good of a year. There's nothing, I don't want to make light of the fact that, yeah, we put together a seven game win streak, which is fantastic. Is where we're at right now, right? I think seven. Oh, yep. let me, let me seven now. That. I'm is almost it? positive it's seven. Yeah, because yep, we split with we lost to Bemidji and then we've won ever since. Yeah. So I mean that that's not something that's normal for us as tech fans to get to experience these type of win streaks, right? Usually there's some some more losses sprinkled in there, but if we look who we've played through that run, it's uh it's been Northern and Huntsville, so two teams that are not having the best of years out there. So I'm really looking forward to this weekend and watching two teams that will go and play offensive for most of the game and play fast hockey against each other. Yeah, I mean, you said that Sinclair's stats are skewed a little, and even with that, he's still 19th in the country in save percentage. Right. Yeah, you take that one Bemidji State game out of there, and he looks much, much better. Yeah, but I mean, you've got the the four goalies that might play at some point this weekend are nine sixty one for Pietla. I think that includes tonight. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know when CHN updates their stuff. That's what I'm using too. Yeah, nine thirty five for Rose and nine thirty four for Dop. So it's it's a pretty pretty impressive group of goalies. 
Yeah, and I can um, just about guarantee you'll see both goalies for BG. So that's what I was say. Are you guys splitting? Or are you guys? Yeah, they've been pretty much splitting all season, except for like an illness or some guys bumped gotcha. up. But it's you would be, I would be surprised if you don't see both Rose and Dop this weekend. Yeah, it looks like it's pretty even. Out of the eighteen games you guys have played, it's seven and eleven for starts for the two of them. So yeah, that's that's pretty close. It's always interesting when a a coach decides to do that. You know. It, whether or not it's the right choice or not always is a uh, to me as someone watching feels like it's something to really easily second guess for the for the coach i think it when they look at the player it's hey you just got to worry about tonight this is your one job go out there take care of this one game that's what we're relying on you for and also if one guy gets hot and the other guy starts to struggle then you ride the guy who's hot for a while i mean it's nothing new at bg they've really tried to I don't want to say stay away from, but they tend to favor that 1A, 1B system, go through rotation most of the time in the last 12 years now. Because even when Ryan Bednard was here, they were still, you know, yeah, Dopp was still getting some playing time. Yeah, I'm sure your goalie last year is the giant guy, right? Yeah, Bednard, yeah. <laughs> Who has been now replaced by the giant guy at, who's got, that's Huntsville that has the guy that's like nearly seven foot at this point, I think, right? Mm-hmm. That guy is absurd. Like his 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 leg pads look like they're at the top of the net. Yeah, it's nuts. I mean, it's not quite that bad, but he is very very tall. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to this weekend's games. Some some normalcy to it, right? It's a normal Friday Friday Saturday yeah. series too. Well, for now, yeah, until further notice. Yeah, and I I think in our league it's definitely going to be the series to watch this weekend because nationally we're talking about 18th versus 8th. In the league we're talking about 2-3. If you look at both schedules, they read very similarly because uh, Bowling Green has played pretty much everybody we have aside from they had a couple out-of-conference series and they played Ferris. But aside from that, they've had the one split with Bemidji. One time they got swept by them. They took care of business against Northern. We take care of business against Northern. They haven't played Minnesota State yet, so... I think this is going to be the first, like, real midseason like test for both teams. So it should be really cool to watch. Yep. CHN has their own Power Sixteen, where they're trying to kind of use the eye test and ratings and everything else to kind of determine who they think the sixteen best teams in the country are. And last week, Michigan Tech debuted at number sixteen. I like that and, comment too. Yeah, the, the, yeah it was the, great. the comment was the best thing ever. How good is Michigan Tech really? If it ever plays again, we'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> which, that was a good you know, one. Yeah. Tech proceeded to win two games after that, so we'll see uh, this week, which it'll come out probably like sometime uh, they, tomorrow. It looks like tomorrow. Three, it looks yeah. like Tuesdays. So we'll see where where the ranking is after they swept Northern. All I know is just looking at that webpage. And the numbers for records are rage-inducing to me, and they are just wrong. You should not have a record of seven, one, one, two, and one. What the hell do all these numbers mean? Why are there so many numbers? It's so stupid. Wins, losses, and ties are fine. You don't need five numbers to determine what a school's record is. I hate shutout rules and all that stuff. Yeah, I don't. I mean, Bowl- Bowling Green is fourteen, three, zero, zero, and one. That one though. And apparently you guys haven't gone to overtime, so where did that other one come from? They went to overtime once. Overtime loss, yeah. You lost. Okay, I got you. That's all wins are in regulation. I got it. Okay. No, it's 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 wins, losses, ties, overtime wins, overtime losses. That's the it's five still things. stupid. Those shouldn't it we it don't is. need that. 
Go back oh, to having ties, okay. damn it. Yeah. That's my grumpy old it. man speech for this weekend. No, I know what you mean. But looking at the ratings overall, it's nice to see three teams from the WCHA getting eye test credit. It'll really be interesting to see how things actually pan out. Obviously, if if this had any any validity to how things will actually go, not that I think it's that far off. Like obviously, tech needs to be higher than sixteen if they're actually going to make it because you you're still missing. You're going to have no, auto bids, so yeah, that all plays into it. I apologize if you guys already had this conversation, but how do you think the tournament should be uh, selected? Well, Drew, we've had this discussion. So, what, how do you think it should be? Before uh, I, we tell you, rehash what we've already said. <laughs> I hate, I hate the opinion of the NCHC that well, because we've had a lot of success in the past, we should just get a free ride. I hate that. Because are you going to say that well, Western's had success, so if they win half their game, should they be in? No, they're not that good this year. But at the same time, you know, like you look at the ECAC, there's no way that they should get say two bids. Because only half their team, half their league is playing games. So I think what I'd like to see is, other than the ECAC, give two auto bids to every league and then fill it in with at-large bids after that. I think that's fair. And you're still going to get most of the at-large being your traditional powers out of the Hockey East and NCHC, which is fine. But I think that's more fair than. No, just I think that's pretty it. much we had, what we had settled on was. The five conferences besides the ECAC get two auto bids, regular season and tournament, and then they get to decide as a conference who who gets the second bid if the same team wins both. And then the ECAC gets a tournament champ, and that's it because of how many teams have stopped playing and how small their league is this year. And then that leaves you with, what, five at-large bids, which I think is plenty because like the big discussion, and I'm sure the point that the NCHC is trying to make is their history. But like we talked about when we said this last time, is for like there was no tournament last year, so we don't have any history from last year to say how good teams are. So now you're talking about being two years removed, which means half your rosters are different from the last time we had evidence of things, right? Like. You got to go back two years, so you're looking at history for teams that half the players weren't even on those teams two years ago to put any weight on history or anything like that. And you, j- I just don't think you can, because, because in all honesty, go look like there have been years where if you took out Alaska and Fairbank or Anchorage and Fairbanks from us, our pairwise is totally different. If you take it out completely, yeah, like I've done that before, where. You just ignore those games for everybody and how much does it change things and you just think about that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, it's just hard to I don't know. to really do it any other way. And 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 uh, go ahead, Dustin. No, I I was just going to say I think they should go completely on history and just give it to the 16 teams with the most national championships in history. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's just as objective. What who who comes in 16th? Does does Bowling Green make the cut? We only have one, so I don't know. I don't know if there's six, fifteen or sixteen teams that have won more than know. one. But let, let's be real honest here, and you guys are going to like this. There's no way Northern deserves to be in the playoffs this year. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. It's, I don't. I don't know if I like that because I I like 
a good northern because it makes our rivalry so much better. I think the Northern's Colts are the Batolians. Bad. I'm completely fine with good years of northern and then like have a dip like this every once in a while. So they can just get thrashed and we can watch them get thrashed. Okay, fair enough. And then have them come back next year as being halfway decent. That's true. I'm not sad by the fact that they're on an eight-game losing streak right now. That is not in any way to me a sad thing. To me, it's not a sad thing, but it would have been nice if, like, you know, they were towards the top of their conference and we got to, you know, (laughs) dumpster them this weekend like we did and then, you know, skyrocket in the standings. That would have been kind of neat, but I get what you're saying. There are 15 teams that have won two titles or more. Well, and Bowling Green gets in the 16 by, by alphabetical order. Well, plus you also don't have RPI. They're not playing, right? Correct. Cornell's not playing. Oh yeah. So That's... there's so that so you could get you could have Bowling Green, Northern, and Providence. But Lake State doesn't deserve to be in the tournament either. Oh yeah, yeah they do. Lake State's in. <laughs> so your one seeds are Michigan, Denver, North Dakota, Wisconsin. That's actually not that bad. Hey, Lake Superior is 16th in the pairwise, alright? Yeah, there we go. Yep. Your two seats are Boston College, BU, Minnesota, and Lake State. One of those <laughs> things is not like the other. Your seats are Michigan State, Michigan Tech, <laughs> Minnesota Duluth, and Colorado College. And the four seats would be Maine, Bowling Green, Northern, and Providence. I think that's perfect. So why even have a season then? Let's just do that every year. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we can go on and off between you know sixteen most national championships and sixteen teams without them. <laughs> I know we had somebody in the Discord chat say we should have a a thirty two team tournament this year because of how weird things are. And I don't think I was the only one to like snap back and be like, first off, there's only like fifty one teams playing this year, so no. And second of all, there is zero chance that the NCAA is going to spend more money on a tournament that's going to definitely lose them money to have a bigger tournament for hockey when they didn't change things for other sports. It's just not going to happen. No way. Yeah, there's, there's, there are 51 teams playing. And my favorite part is looking at the power list, and it's if you sort it by power ranking, somehow, and I don't know how exactly it sorts on College Hockey News' site, Ferris is so bad that three of the teams that aren't playing are listed above them <laughs> on the website. Jeez. <laughs> really? Ferris has just been having Yeah, RPI, luck. Princeton, and Harvard all show as better than them somehow. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because they don't have a single win. That's so tough because Ferris got markedly better this year. They've added some more guns to their roster, and you if you watch a Ferris game, they've been losing in some like heartbreaking fashions. Like if you think about their series against Huntsville, the way that they lost the first game against them was they had a lead going into the last second of the third period. Huntsville ties it up and winning it overtime. So I I think that within the next couple of years, we'll start to see Ferris turn around. And I thought it was going to be this year, and it's kind of unfortunate that it isn't because I think that I think that a good Ferris is, you know, really important for the league because that taps into, you know, like the, the West Michigan hockey market. And that's bigger than you might imagine it to be. 
Okay, Mr. Grand Rapids. Anyway. Hell yeah, yeah. Where are you from, Matt? <laughs> you, got, hey, you know, you got to throw your Homer opinion in there a little bit and just throw, throw a little bit of stats behind it, yes. No, it looks like Fair State is ranked that low because they are winless. Yep. And tieless. And three other teams ranked ahead of them last year. Is that how that's getting in there? Yeah. Okay. Because it's because they're because all of the teams below Air Force have zero comparisons. One, so then it's for whatever reason it's sorted by where you were ranked last year. Next, gotcha. Of, that's what it's actually doing. Okay, I, yeah. I had no idea how it was being done. Yeah. All I it's know weird. is each time I've looked at that, they're still below teams that aren't playing, and that makes me giggle in a kind of a oh sort of way. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand why they would do that versus sorting by RPI, but whatever. Just a little hiccup there. That is funny though. That the pairwise would say that. So we had a couple questions this week. Uh, so our newest patron, Andy Bordeaux, asked, uh, I would love to hear the group's collective thoughts on what Jamie Phillips has brought to this team's goaltending and how do we go about keeping him around. He's working on a master's degree right now, isn't he? Would be my guess. I Correct. believe that to be true, and I think the way that I would like to start this off is all of my friends who are goaltenders will say to you that you, you you can't make a cool save if you're in position. So I think one thing that I've really <laughs> noticed is that chests have been squared to shots. So there haven't been too many like spectacular saves, but as a matter of just really good positioning, and I think the guys really resonate with being able to hear from a guy that's, you know, taking the next step to the next level that they want to go to that they really, you know, take to him. They've been taking his advice, and I think that he's been a really positive voice to have behind the bench. I hope that he does choose to stay around, and I I don't know what kind of money we have to throw a job to him, but I think he's really uh, making a statement if he wants it. Well, the NCAA won't let us have another coach on staff, right? Yeah, but that's typically gotten around by having some sort of other on-campus job that you can do while being a volunteer coach, right? Yeah, what's like hockey ops? Wasn't yeah. Shields a, yeah. a uh, like a gym class teacher or something, or didn't he do something else other than at the school? I also think it's really interesting that now that on staff, basically you got Jamie who's working with the goalies, but Sean also had you know Sean was a goalie as well, right? So you've got two guys that are goalie focused, but I think it's really it's really pertinent to have a goalie that's played. Nothing against Joe, but has played more recently with the style, how much goalies have changed and how they play. thousand percent disagree because I think, you know, in the last, you know, 40 years, hell, even maybe even 10 years, goaltending is the biggest thing that's made strides forward between equipment and, you know, tactics, positioning. I think it's, it's, it's night and day. Like, if you watch games like back in the day, if you were looking to throw, like, McDavid out there in an NHL game, he would be like, this is stupid. This is like going to a pickup game. <laughs> well, I think I I don't think I would say that. Like I think Joe has even talked about this a couple times. I don't think I put it on Joe's lack of knowledge. I think I put it on the Joe's the head coach now, right? So it's that it's a different he needs interaction to be level on more within, than just three guys. No, it's not as much the focus. It's that interaction of head coach and player versus assistant coach and player where the assistant coach has a better shot at getting a pulse of the player and actually getting some honest feedback without being like nervous or like there's just a different comfort level with an assistant coach and a head coach as far as like 
getting down deep into the nitty gritty of like what's not working and how do we fix it that it's that I think it's it's why we were better when Joe was the assistant at goalie it's why we were better when Steve Shields was here as an assistant and then there's those stretches in between where we weren't quite as good at goaltending because you didn't quite have that that person that had that focus that wasn't the head coach that I think it I think that plays into it a lot I mean, I know we've heard some stories over the years about different things with the goalies and stuff. And like, I know Joe struggled with the goalies and I think it's great that he's got a guy that he can count on as a volunteer assistant now to work on things with those guys. And, and from, from Andy's question of what we're going to do now to keep him around, I guess we could pay some professors to fail him in grad school. So he takes longer. (laughs) (laughs) Or we could also convince somebody to make some university position that does nothing so he can be a coach. Yeah, I'm sure that wouldn't <laughs> violate or, any NCAA rules. I mean, can't I mean, we just find could, a booster to pay him to be a car salesman and pay him even though he doesn't sell any cars? Or make him make him the IM hockey coach. I know that Gary's doing that right now, and Gary's got a lot of stuff to do. So, Or the NCAA could just let them hire a third coach. Like, I mean, does what it football do. need 24 coaches? On their staff. Yeah, otherwise otherwise you wouldn't have a coach for every other guy on the team. Yeah, so yeah, it doesn't really make any sense that a sport that has three distinct positions can't have three assistant coaches that are on staff. I, I totally agree that it'd be nice if they made that change because I don't like I think it's a lot easier for a co uh I think it's a lot more fair to allow every team to pay a fourth coach versus having special situations where certain universities can afford to have certain situations like the the old goalie coach at Wisconsin like he didn't get paid at all but he profited so much from that opportunity that he didn't need to get paid to actually be the assistant coach cuz he made all that money on like the camps in the summer because of the recognition of being the guy that was the goalie coach at Wisconsin and you just you can't level that playing field without being allowed to pay those coaches, I think, personally. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting spot from a college hockey perspective. It's been three coaches forever. There's been no expansion for that for a long time. I think it would make sense to see it at least add another coach because so many teams do have that volunteer goalie coach that's there. If everybody's doing it as a volunteer level, maybe it makes sense to actually figure out how to make that a a full-time position. Agreed. So the other question we got was from Yank500. I don't even know. Do you guys know who that is? That's Patrick Coro. He's my old roommate. Oh, Patrick Coro. So how okay. you doing, Pat? All right. He's a great dude. I love That's him. That's one thing I don't like about the questions being on <laughs> Discord is that I don't know names of everybody there. I... Uh, anyway, so Patrick Coro wanted to know, who's our favorite play-by-play voice in the league other than Dirk? I've never heard any other ones. <laughs> <laughs> I... uh. I think I'm going to take the Homer pick of the guy that listens to the podcast and say Harrison Watt. He's Ferris, right? Yep. Yes. Yeah, he was. I like him as well. Yeah. I have to agree. And for me, it's more like the way that I met him was I had some buddies from Ferris that came up for Carnival one year because they were the Carnival invite. And I got to meet Harrison in like a super organic, like down to earth kind of a way. He just seemed like a regular dude. I didn't even know who he was until like later on. It was like, that's our play by play guy. So like. He's done a lot for me as a friend and professionally. Like before I had my job, he went on LinkedIn and like checked on my profile, like 
looked at all my skills. So for me, it's more it's it's hard for me to say anyone other than Ferris Harrison rather at Ferris because I I enjoy listening to him first of all and second of all he's done a lot for me just as a person. I know that uh, he's not doing anything this year, but I like Bruce Check out of Fang- out of Fairbanks as well. I've been a fan. I like I like listening to him uh, on the late game. I I do know I do know the the easiest answer for me to say on this question is that the answer is definitely not Dave Danis. I don't like him at all. Like I agree I, with I that. can't. I could not. I did not like watching today's game because uh, they didn't do TV six, which I don't mind those guys when Dave Ellis is on and stuff. But I listening to Dave Danis like it's not. It I feel like I'm listening to some like am talk show where somebody talks for it like he doesn't seem like he even cares that there's a hockey game going on i don't i don't get that at all yeah, i don't i don't mind him it. i he's he's pertinent to the game he throws in plenty of little youper side stories throughout his whole thing so i kind of you know he talks about home a lot you know he, we had a whole pasty conversation in the discord because you know he threw us down that path today when he was talking about picking up pasties the last time he was up uh up in the q and so I don't mind him. If I had to pick my least favorite out of the out of the teams, it would be Lake State. Bill Crawford's cadence is a struggle for me. Yeah, that makes sense too. I I think that one's a fine choice. I remember. I I think I've also enjoyed the the uh, the Anchorage announcer when I've had a chance to listen to their games. I like. I think he does a good job with what he's the situation he's put in when there's not much of a crowd or anything like that most of the time. And I think he does a pretty good job too. Um, and from back when I used to post on USCHO, that Northern guy was the most annoying person. Um, like, <laughs> Oh my God, he was awful. No, I, uh, I agree with that. That also came up in the discord chat, wasn't it? Cause uh, Dave Ellis posted the thing about the fair state series being, canceled before it was official and somebody thought that his account was dave danis and we're like yeah. no that's not him <laughs> yeah they're different yeah yeah different guy i do like the i like the minnesota state guys as well they have that whole feel of two guys that like watching hockey and aren't terribly homer about it you know they will compliment the 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 visiting teams when needed you know so i, I don't mind those guys at all they seem pretty decent I'm drawing a blank at who does your guys' games down at Bowling Green, Drew. I'm, uh, I cannot think off the top of my head who does their stuff. Ryan Vallon. He's a student. Uh, it's a student-based one, so it yeah. changes, doesn't it? About every three or four years, they get a new one. And then before Ryan, it was uh, Evan Pivnik. Maybe that's why it's. I'm struggling to have it be in my head then. And then I'm trying to think who does it up at Bemidji. I like them because they'll answer any trivia question you give them. <laughs> like our, we, we, we asked them some really dumb questions like if you put one lasagna on top of another lasagna do you have two lasagnas or one mega lasagna or <laughs> that is at a, what that point is, is a grilled cheese that a is a tough question <laughs> yeah at what point is a grilled cheese a panini was one that i put out there how, how come we don't get questions like that for the podcast uh, at come what on, point guys. is a grilled cheese a panini that's really easy when you put pans on both sides of it 
you know, a lot of people, it's an interesting one because a lot of people will tell me grill marks, but at the same time, if you get grill marks and the only thing you have in there is cheese and there's not like, you know, like a meat or tomatoes or something in there, like, are you satisfied with me like putting that on a plate for $15 and calling it a panini? It depends <laughs> you on know, the kind of cheese. No, a panini's got to have a heat element on both sides. <laughs> Yeah, that one seems easy. To have the now that lasagna press, question, right? that one's a doozy. I got nothing for that. I don't even know where to go there. That's I a mega, like, mega lasagna. I like mega lasagna too. <laughs> what, right. Is there like a standard number of noodles you have to go at before it gets know. mega I'm or regular? Sh- I'm sure I worded that incorrectly too, and my buddy Sam will give me shit for it. But yeah. oh well, he's all he's right. full of them. He's the one that does all the penalty box questions for the Misfits now. Tim, you need to, you need to name the podcast Mega Lasagna. Mega Lasagna, okay. <laughs> Sounds How good. many lasagnas do you need before it's a Mega Lasagna? <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I think for the most part, though, the, the play-by-play guys almost all around the league are good. Like, we're, most of them, it's a positive. It's not negative for most of them, which I think is a good thing. Ever since Huntsville got their new guy, it's definitely been like... Oh, man, Hunts- Huntsville was a freaking doozy for a their, year, a few years there. Their last guy, was, <laughs> that, it was yeah. rough to get through. Their last He's guy the that was like doing it by himself and just like... It felt like I was listening to a really, really bad rendition of Bob Uecker where his stories were terrible and then he knew nothing about hockey and would go what? on these tangents forever. Or, yeah. I'm relatively certain he was drunk for most of his broadcasts as well. <laughs> right. I love the one time where he just started yelling at someone in front of him in the stands about something. And they were literally, there was a shouting like match going back and forth between the announcer and someone, a fan who was really clearly close to the press box. And it was just hilarious. Which is really and shocking because if football... you've ever been to Huntsville's arena and how high that press box is and how few fans they draw. Why are maybe people it was- <laughs> up there so high? Somebody probably specifically wanted to like give the announcer shit. I mean, why well, maybe it was somebody else in the press box, perhaps. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was bad. Yeah, the, definitely the the amount. I don't know how you can go through a whole game of hockey and describe it using football terminology the entire time, but that is an Alabama broadcast to a T. Like. Using football terms the entire time you're you're calling a hockey game just just doesn't work. <laughs> the new guy they got exciting though. I like watching Huntsville games with him. I like. I haven't watched one yet this year, so I I, I couldn't tell you. I'll have yeah. to give one a shot. So Drew, do you have an answer besides your guy who you like the best? I think Harrison Watt. I mean, honestly, if Harrison never wanted to move on and do pro teams, I think he would kill it. And he's generally he's generally one of the best guys in the league. Just overall, is he is he the one that's going to the CCHA office, or is that that's no, someone that's else? Uh, that's someone Dominic else, Hennig. I that's totally right, okay. agree. I think Harrison's got the voice, the personality, and just the way he approaches people to just have success wherever he wants to go. Yeah, and he always jokes around with opposing fans when he comes down. He wears the suits that he wears at BG are just they're fabulous. Kiss. They're so good. <laughs> and he damn it, be... guys! Now I'm going to have to listen to a Ferris game. <laughs> yep. There's there's part of me that like if if anything like unspeakable happens to Dirk wishes he would come up and say like, <laughs> like I don't wish that at all but had had it would if it did you know so to kind of circle back on all of this we're we're gonna have Harrison Watt on here in two weeks as the guest when we play Ferris three times uh, by the between the time we record and 
and that coming weekend. So we'll have him on here to talk. Uh, so that'll be nice to get a chance to actually talk to him since he apparently listens to this regularly. Will he wear? Will he wear a suit? That's, yeah, hopefully that's we'll have to let to him know sh- that we're recording the video. Or we could so all can watch. we could all dress up as well. Yeah, I can. Uh... This this is as dressed up as I get when I'm not working. <laughs> At the There's office. a zip on that, so I've got a Carhartt shirt on, so I'm good. <laughs> I can go. I can go get my sports coat and see if it actually fits yet, or maybe I can do a little Tommy Boy with it. I don't know. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, scrubs are your normal uniform, Drew. You didn't wear scrubs. that today. I wear scrubs every day, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who you're thinking of that the CCHA decided is Dominic Hennig. He used to be the Ferris. Uh, he was a Ferris guy back. too, right? Yes. Yep, that's what I thought. Yeah. It's nice to see the league. I mean, that's another topic, but it's nice to see the league getting some of that stuff, you know, those ducks in a row for certain things. And it's also nice to see a relatively younger professional being in some of those roles that are going to require the ability to communicate new ways rather than just throwing a press release out there, right? So I think that's kind of promising to see from the new league, to be honest. Yeah, I think well, maybe uh, refreshing. Yeah, it's refreshing. That, yeah, we got we, uh, and then I think. We're going to try and go – I know Brandon wants me to try and get Don Lucia, but I honestly think Dominic Hedegg will be actually a, be a better guest if we can get him on at some point to kind of talk about the the direction, especially from, like, the, the, the advertising promotional side of, like, trying to get the word will out. Will we still be Maple Syrup League? Yeah, yeah. God, I hope so. That's I, I love maple, maple syrup. syrup. So I mean, Anderson, Anderson's maple syrup is good. Anderson, that's all I buy. Anderson's I, I, is the I'm best. Gonna, I'm gonna go full red, youper redneck here and go. I don't buy my own because I make my own. <laughs> sure. I don't uh, think you can buy that maple syrup in Ohio. No. No. Have you tried? Uh, no. But I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I know I've looked well, it up before. I'm pretty sure you can get it at a lot of places. Can you? Yeah, not a big maybe uh, maple not syrup in aficionado. Well, <laughs> I just looked it up one Bowling time Green. to see where you could all get it because it is good stuff, and I know my uh, my ex likes it. I know we used to have it at home. The biggest I, thing with maple syrup is to make sure it's actually maple syrup, and it's going to yeah. cost you a lot more, but it's so much better than the corn syrup-based derivative crap. Well, I have very good news for you, Drew. You can buy Anderson's maple syrup on Amazon Prime. It'll be there <laughs> oh, tomorrow. Today. I'll t- tomorrow. Wow. Well, I mean, I live close to a of a distribution center, so it might be longer for you. I mean, Bowling Green is a megalopolis. I have no doubt that it'd be here just as quick. They had it where You know, the best thing about Anderson's maple syrup Green. is they have these things that they're they're like they they call them like energy. They're they're marketed as energy shots. Like they come in these little pouches. Like you're supposed to take them. Like if you're it's like just a runner sugar. or something, and it's just maple syrup in a pouch. <laughs> <laughs> Badass. I love it. To be really honest, this is probably the most uh, publicity Anderson's syrup has got in terms of the WCHA. <laughs> it might be, but uh, but I do like this stuff. I mean, I, my problem is is that I grew up with the fake stuff. So it takes a lot of effort for me to prefer the real stuff because I'm so used to the fake stuff. The breakfast syrup. I'm I'm gonna have to for for next week figure out how to set a bunch of my own jars of maple syrup behind me because <laughs> I still have a pretty decent supply in the basement from two years ago when last time we made Can it. Can you here. do a flight of maple syrup? 
That sounds awesome. And sample you them. definitely could. There are different flavors depending on how it's processed and and how uh, how the trees are, are given the sap that year. It does make a big difference. There's a whole grading system as well about uh, yeah, about the different it. types and colors. Is it is it check. black level where people can watch the, uh, the the Zoom video? Somewhere, yeah. Okay, check, then check I think, that out in the chat. I think every time someone subscribes to that level, we should do a maple syrup shot. That'd be that'd be <laughs> that'd be working some people in here. That'd be All cool. right. Well, then we need to do one next week because we got a new person at that level yesterday. I'll yeah. I'll do it for the team. All right. One of my favorite parts about making it at home is it, when you put it in the jars, it'll crystallize in the bottom too, so you get like these giant sugar crystals, and you crush them up, and you get it like pure maple sugar. Oh, it's the best. It's so I good. I think Rob, for the inaugural one, should just ship them out to everyone on the pod. That'd be great. <laughs> I don't think I have any that are close enough upstairs to go grab a jar. I'd have to go run to the basement, and that's too far with the headphones. <laughs> I, I'm very tempted to buy a 24-pack of Anderson's maple syrup. <laughs> A, 20, a 24 pack dust I mean you could send one to each of us and every time we have a guest you could ship one out maple syrup energy <laughs> gel <laughs> I'm starting to think you guys need to work on a sponsorship opportunity here <laughs> well, we've been trying trust me Where? how come it won't actually show me the goddamn map that's two fantastic derailments today we've gone down the maple syrup line and the Matt's dumb questions line <laughs> well did did you see the did you see the link for the stuff I put in the chat it's all awesome. yeah. I'm, I'm gonna have so much to put in the cut for time this week it's gonna be sick <laughs> well, we'll see how much I cut for time um I like yeah, I was trying pure to find, fuel it does say that there's pure like <laughs> nothing anywhere near Bowling Green but I'm pretty sure it is for that's, sale that's in Ohio. shocking to me that's shocking but why? What does it matter? You can get it on Amazon. That's true. All right. Forty bucks for a pack of that. You're drinking fifty cents a pouch. <laughs> well, Matt, you weren't here yet when I told the trivia question. Oh yeah, Matt hasn't been warned. Yeah, Matt oh, hasn't no. been warned. So I mean, that's his penalty oh. for being late. So yeah, he doesn't get a pre. For... He doesn't. Ha- he hasn't had thinking time. I no. told I told my boys on, in my NHL club that I'd give them a shout out here for that. So I'll give I'll give them that now that I'm you know going to be on the spot for not knowing what's going on. <laughs> All right. So, Drew, I don't know if you want to participate. Um, you did hear the question, right? Really? Oh, I heard it, but uh, like an know, hour ago. I just don't want to yeah. spoil it for you guys because I already know the answer. So I'm just going <laughs> to yeah. let you guys. Um, we don't want him to. We don't really want him to show us up. Yeah, don't. Yeah, it's, don't show I, us up. I, so. I, I could name just. a BG player in the same situation, so don't feel bad. <laughs> hey, the right. Wild have one. The Wild have one. Yeah. So, Matt, the trivia question. I came up with three trivia questions, but we're already at. 77 minutes, so I think I'm only going to do one this week and save the other two for next week. Okay. Uh, I see so, how it is. You, you take all the ones I make a few weeks back and chop them all into the extra thing, but you're only going to ask one of yours. Well, <laughs> well I had to ch- chop something into the extra. No, I know. I know. I'm just giving you shit. <laughs> and I thought that was the easiest thing to do, was yeah. give that extra content versus the, like, the substance stuff. Uh, so anyway, since 2002... We have had 10 players play, former tech players, make it and play at least one game in the NHL. Yep. So I'm going to go around to the three of you and bid, have you guys bid on how many of the 10 you can come up with. And you go to get one wrong, and then the two guys left will bid on how many they can get until we get them all named off. All right. So how many of the 10 can you name, Matt? 
So just any that have cracked a te- an NHL roster at all? Actually played in an NHL game. Actually actually played in a game. Okay. Yep. And I'm not so even going to give you the hints, the two hints that I gave them, which are two answers. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we've got John Scott. No, you're no, 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 you're not supposed to name them. Okay. You're supposed to bid. How many uh, of he's the probably, 10 He's probably never had to play Sheep's Head where he has to bid ahead of time. No, oh, he's, I don't know. he's too young for see. that. Let me see. Okay. Now I got now I got to like count on my fingers. I'm I didn't get a STEM degree, guys. I'm that guy. Well, the tech didn't get a STEM degree. I suppose it's I probably. Either. I suppose it's probably a, a disadvantage to go last. So I'll actually let Rob bid first. Oh boy. Let you think about it, Matt. Since they have okay. a chance. Yeah. I, I'm gonna go with seven. I I think I can name Ooh. seven. All right, Dustin. You think you can go eight? I've got eight. My right, my Matt. worry my worry here is that I don't know where the line gets drawn, so I don't know how old to go. I, well, when you John say, Scott is the oldest player. Is he the oldest, the or is it people that played with him, or where, where does that there, line get drawn at? There, there I, are there are potentially other people that were freshmen the year he was a freshman. Okay. So it okay. goes back to his freshman class and four. Yeah, I have a feeling I'm going to screw this up around okay. that age. Well, you're all right. Dustin bid eight, right? So, Matt, eight. can you do nine or ten? I don't think so. All right, I could Dustin. probably do seven. All right, Dustin. Let's see if you can do eight. You want me to start naming him? Yep. John Scott. Yep. Chris Connor. Yep. Blake Piedela. One. Yep. Yep. Tanner Carroll. Yep. Joel Esperance. Yep. Matt Roy. Yep. You got Phoenix the two Copley. Yep. Am I at seven? You are at seven. Yep. So you got one guy that's played the second most games of any of them on the list, and two guys that have played in one game left. Clay Wilson. Nope. <sighs> Is he one year so too old? He's too old. <sighs> yeah. That was what I was worried about. But I'm about. surprised you didn't get one of the one gamers from Stillwater, Minnesota. He played in a game? I think yeah, he, that's, he, he played in one game the year that he came up. That was all part of his burning a contract here. He got to play in one game right mm. after he left Tech. Yeah, we're talking about Renke, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. I didn't all think right. he got into a game. Can either of you guys name the other two? Kira's a big one. He's got the most games. Yep. Jujar Kira. And then the last one has to be Shane Hanna, right? No, Shane Hanna has not made it that far. Oh, I've just, I'm in an AHL town, so I'm used to seeing him. No, the other ones, I have a jersey of his. Jeff Kinraid played in one NHL game. Oh, okay. Yeah, Kira's, Kira's the big one. I think he has the most NHL games of any uh, tech alum at this point, right? No, Scott has Besides beat. Scott himself, right? Yeah. Scott was at 286. Kira's at 220. Chris Connors at 180. And Matt Roy's at 101. And actually, Yeah, Kira's been a mainstay for the Oilers since he, got, since he started playing up there at this point. I mean, he's, he's pretty consistent. Yep, other than injury, I think. He's been yeah. doing pretty good. Was I off by one year with, with Clay Wilson? I think so. Ah. Did he even... Did he make it, though? Yeah, he played he for played, the Blue Jackets. He went over and played in the KHL, KHL didn't he, for a bit? He, he played he a few years for the Blue Jackets, I think. He did. He's got 17... To get here, thirty-six NHL games, but I think you are off by one year. Yeah. Yep. I think he's a year older than those guys. Yep. Well, I was close. 
yeah, so the one thing left is to preview or actually talk about the Bowling Green series and make some predictions, which we kind of already talked about the the two teams. So let's, maybe we can just move on to predictions. What do you guys think is going to happen this weekend? I'm going to really go out on the limb and say a split. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think a, a split and is is my choice, and I'll I'll go with uh, we win the first game and lose the second one to keep the win streak one more tick up. My my brain is telling me to pick the split, but my heart is telling me to go with the sweep, and that's actually kind of a calculated move from my heart. I think that at this point, my I'm kind of getting the feeling that Bowling Green's ranked a little higher than they should be. I think that we're going to be their first, other than Bemidji, I think we're going to be their first real test, and I think we're going to be a real surprise to them how much we've grown over the season. So my brain is saying sweep, or my, my, my brain is saying split, rather. My heart is saying sweep, and I'm going to go with my heart to be different. You know, I'd like to agree with you, but I have a hard time picking Tech to sweep when Bowling Green got swept last weekend. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. Like, I just don't. Swept, I don't feel yeah. good about them not coming out fired up and ready to go when they they just got swept. Like this group needed an optimist, and that's what I'm here to do. Damn it! No, <laughs> and, and, if, and if you weren't here, I probably would have done the same thing. But I'm gonna go with the split. I'll just be a contrarian and say a BG uh, sweep. <laughs> And I honestly don't think that's that's a bad pick either. I think oh, no. there's, you know, it's it's left, right, center with this one. Anything could really happen. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you're right. I don't really have a, a good idea of what way that one's going to go, in all honesty. I think it's just going to be low scoring. Yeah. That's pretty much the only thing I can probably just about guarantee is a, it's going to be a 3-2, 3-1 type weekend. We're going to be watching a... a Couple of good goaltender battles for sure. Now that I've said that, we're going to have like a ten eight game or something. But, <laughs> but and more than likely, Tech's going to get outshot because they're usually not that great on the shot battle, and and BG has been really good on that so far, right? For sure. Well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Thanks again to Drew Evans for joining us this week. Thanks for having me, guys. Please check out our Patreon or jo- and join by visiting patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Patrons that are black level or above receive an authentic MTU jersey patch and access to extra podcast content, including extended versions of every podcast. So, Matt, you were talking about us doing shots when we have a new gold member. Yeah, every time every time someone can watch can can watch us do it. That's you know, I want them to have that experience. And if we uh if we actually get somebody to sign up at the silver level, what should we do then? Um, I say we shotgun beers. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> I suppose I could shotgun a beer if somebody signs up and gives us $25 a month. Yeah, I could do that. I could break my sobriety for for that. I don't, I don't, I don't want to spill beer all over my nice office. <laughs> then take your computer to somewhere other than your office and have some fun for one one show. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, patrons at the white level or above get access to the monthly Zoom chat featuring guests like John Scott, Joe Sean, and more to come. Thanks again to our two newest patrons, Charlie Montgomery and Andy Bordeaux, for supporting us. Follow us on Twitter at ChasingMacPod or at Tech Hockey Guide. You can submit questions through our email address, ChasingMac at TechHockeyGuide.com, 
or send a voice message directly on anchor.fm slash chasing MacPod. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find the podcast on your site of choice, please let us know and we'll make it happen. The more you rate, review, and share, the more people we can reach, so tell your friends. As always, special thanks to Mitch Lake for recording our introduction and our patron saint, Doc McRezin, for his generous donation to get this thing running. We hope you enjoy. Also, thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thankyounotes.bandcamp.com. <laughs>